Hello, welcome back. Band on band, another episode. Yeah, just just keeps on rolling, keeps on rolling. Uh, on this episode, we uh, have, believe, the second ever double guest appearance on Rackham of Brains, as all the podcasts we've done in the past it might be the first one. But it doesn't really matter because both guests are excellent in their own right. We have Sean and Darren from uh, the great We Were Promised Jetpacks on today's episode talking about Hell is for Heroes. Pretty damn good. Hello, welcome to Band on Band, the BSM podcast, uh, where we pit bands against each other to talk about their favourite bands. And I'm thrilled to have two thirds of We Were Promised Jetpacks here. We've got Darren and Sean, and we're going to talk about Hell's for Heroes. Let's try and not all speak over ourselves now. How are we doing, guys? Hey! <laughs> doing, doing good, doing good. How are you? I'm very good. Darren, you're, uh, you're good? Yes, I'm very good. I'm good. I was trying to stay quiet there and let Sean speak first. So, we weren't... <laughs> so we'll pull the curtain back. We did this once before. It was my fault for not recording, but what I did want to re-say was that this is the first time one of two times that this is, has, has happened with multiple members and we're going to take the positives that both the guys here just couldn't couldn't live without talking about Hellas for Heroes so they've both joined us it's very good to have both of you here let's just let's, let's just go into it when um, Darren when was the first time you discovered Hellas for Heroes? Um, I remember when I think well I think the, the album their first album came out in 2003 I think they released three singles before it I think three of the songs from the album came out before it and I think they actually I think they were all chart they all were all on the charts as well which was a, when guess, a big deal. yeah I guess it's kind of a big deal for like a small rock band to be in the charts but I am um, I remember seeing them back in 2002 they supported Papa Roach at the SEPC were you at that gig yeah, yeah, I was at that game. <laughs> I didn't know you were there. I, I, I was texting Sean earlier on about some of the gigs that I, that I saw them at, and I was just like, "Hell is for Heroes supporting Papa Roach in the SECC, which is like a huge big conference centre. Wow, what a, what a time to be alive. What a time to be going to gigs. <laughs> and, and Sean, I'm, I'm assuming you was a similar sort of, uh, sort of time? Very similar. I think I... I, I remember... Darren playing the band to me, I, I think, and it may also have been before the Neon Handshake actually came out. Mm. It, may, it may have been like, here's a, I Can Climb Mountains, L- listen, listen to this. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I would be lying if I said I was instantly like, oh my God, I love this. At, at the time, so going back, so we were like 15, 16 at the time. Mm. And um yeah, I'm get we're uh, I'm just getting out of the the kind of um the Britpop Britpop slash uh, rap phase probably that I was in at the time. And uh starting to starting to find you know, starting to find music that I liked and maybe not stuff that my parents were you know, like, Oh, have a listen to this <laughs> and uh bit of a jump from Oasis. Yeah, yeah. But that that, that kind of was the step and I was like, Whoa and uh yeah, s- slowly got into it until probably when the album got released, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, this is this is for me." Were you were you both uh, were you both in the infancy of, of 
music at the time, like learning, or were you sort of were you being trying to be inspired by something else at that time instrumentally? I think uh, back I, then sorry. that's when that's when we started. Well, we started playing instruments and in first year at high school. Right. That's when we got we 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 um there was like a, a music test, and if you passed it, you got to go on and get free lessons at school. Mm. And both of us were two of the few people in our class that passed it. So right. we both went on and started learning instruments. So that that was kind of like so yeah, trying to listen to bands that had big drummers. I liked I liked listening to bands with big drums and things like that, just to sort of yeah, to take a bit of inspiration from sort of recreate that sort of sound that you were hearing on your CD Walkman or the yeah. of I think I had a, I think it was a mini disc player at that, as well at that time, wasn't it? <laughs> Definitely had one of them. <laughs> we're all, we're all living vicariously through your mini disc player than it would seem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, came to this band when Kev emailed everyone and said we were reissuing the album and I went, cool. Because in 2003, I would have been 12. So probably just just before my um, real discovery of music. Um, so Darren, you, you mentioned that you saw them in, in SC. Um, Sean, what was your first experience of seeing them live? My first experience? I think I've only seen them live twice. I think I've only seen them live twice. And I think we went to see... So I saw them uh, both times in Edinburgh, once at a place called The Venue, which is which is no longer with us, and once at the Liquid Rooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the Liquid Rooms was first. Is that right, Darren? Yeah, yeah, it was. I, played, think... I remember them playing three places in Edinburgh. Um, there was that one, there was those two, and then there was a place called Studio 24, which was also the, the kind of the underage rock club on a Saturday night. So that was, yeah, that was a good one. Like, yes. that was like a sweaty, horrible, concrete box venue. What you want. Like real, yeah, real rock, a real rock and roll venue, I think. They, <laughs> you know. That's exactly yeah. what you want when you're listening to Palace for Heroes. You want them in a sweaty room. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it was, I remember it being like the first kind of, smaller band that wasn't like massive mainstream band that like between you know the gap between friends bands and uh and absolute massive band that was probably one of the first times i'm like oh this is like this is a gig here we go and they just yeah in a little sweaty room uh yeah just remember being completely soaking wet but love that feeling yeah absolutely love it and then uh Darren, you were mentioning that then they play with, with Papa Roach. Like, what's the so? What's the time frame from seeing them in in Edinburgh to then to that? Is that a year, two years? I think it was the next year, so it would have been after they released the album. So the SECC show was before the Neon Handshake came out. It was when I think I Can Climb Mountains was out. I think they released Night Vision as well off of it. I think it was Night Vision, and then. Um, that was about the time that they were that I saw them supporting Papa Roach, and it was what did what, yeah I think I can't remember I can't remember which one but I think you said it was Liquid Rooms first I think that's right I think they maybe played the Liquid Room. I feel like that was the end of the year that the album came out. Mm-hmm. The two thousand and I'm just fact checking myself here two thousand and three. I think it was two thousand and three. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I think we saw them in the venue in 2004. Nice, nice. I remember that one. I remember that one very well. I think uh, uh, the singer likes to do quite a lot of climbing around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He used to uh, climb up anything that was there. Yeah. The liquid rooms is both of these venues are actually good for singers that like to go climbing. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it's, I remember. I mean, rules. Yeah, the venue had um, like a big kind of air vent, didn't it? Like a big, <laughs> a big air tube that uh, you could go climbing on. I remember, I remember that jumping on top of the speakers, all that kind of good stuff. And as a as a, a teenager at that time, that. Like, Quite frankly, the coolest shit you could possibly see someone climbing up a venue that they've probably been told, you know, we've we've all toured before, we've been told not to climb a wall. <laughs> He's going yeah. up instantly the coolest person you've ever met in your life. Um but it must have been a very interesting time to see um a band go from playing a small sweatbox and then literally 12 months later almost exploding through the, the venue sizes going up to, to the stadiums. Um up there was was there sort of at that time and honestly people probably listening to this thinking that i'm an idiot for not knowing the scene in 2003 up up in in scotland but was there a general buzz about the band in those smaller venues and being excited to see them progress straight up i think at the time there was it, i remember going to gigs at least once a week back then and i would travel to glasgow bands with more go to Glasgow there was better venues through there and sort of different sized capacity venues so you could go you could go see a massive band through there a tiny band um or somewhere in the middle whereas Edinburgh was a bit all the venues were kind of the same size give or take a hundred or two people um but I, I just remember there was being part of like a scene of people who would trap who went to gigs all the time like a, any band that was coming we would buy tickets instantly and we'd be going. And I think like Hells for Heroes were sort of a part of that. I think they played, they played, the they toured the UK quite a bit mm. in the first couple of years. Um, and there was, a, there was a, a couple of other bands that were around at that time that were kind of playing at the same level, maybe a bit above like 100 Reasons, mm. things like that. Um, and yeah, I just, I remember just going to all these gigs and Biffy Clyro was one that, I used to I used to follow Biffy Clyro all around the country um, to go watch them. Like I drove one night, I drove to Preston, I think, from Edinburgh, down to Preston, watched the show in this tiny little room. It was like the size of a living room and then drove straight back up the road. So it was like, I don't know, five, six hour drive there and back. <laughs> and I used to do just things like that all the time. Yeah. The, the good days of uh, going, I remember being in school in the morning and your ears still ringing. Uh, yeah, that that feeling where you've not had any alcohol, but it's like, oh yeah, that was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Got home four hours ago. Yeah. The rushes. Yeah. Not, had, yeah. not had any alcohol before before going to school. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this is a family friendly podcast, so right <laughs> You do you, kids. <laughs> it's all part of growing kind of venues. Mentioning Buffy Clyro, I actually saw Ellis for Heroes support Buffy Clyro. In Glasgow at the, the Carling Academy, which is now the O2 Academy mm. in Glasgow, there, there wasn't a lot of. Um, I mean, I, st- I still think now that, and, and tell me if, from from your perspective, um, 
being being up in Scotland, there wasn't ever. It didn't seem that anyone would go north of Glasgow or Edinburgh ever, or hardly ever. And then there was like Aberdeen or Inverness or anywhere else that would would put on shows. And I think that was uh, a, a shame for any band to not go further up. But back in the day, was there any difference? Back in the day, it was like what ten, <laughs> like twelve years ago. Um, I don't want to make you feel that much older than me. Um, almost, almost twenty years ago. For for really, for thinking about it, it's not too far off. Twenty years. Yeah, ago. we're almost at twenty years. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I was I was looking back over the over like um, Hellas for Heroes gigs that he did just to see if my memories lined up with what actually happened, and. Uh, I noticed that they they actually played Aberdeen quite a lot. Right, they, they played in Verness as well. I saw that. Yeah, they did. They did venture. Wow. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. I used to live in Inverness, and it was. It, I mean, very very when I was very very young. But I had seeing it on tour posters, like when bands got past Aberdeen and Inverness, I was always like, it's nice that those kids don't have to always travel down to see something, unless they're obviously you know like Darren, just being a mega fan who will go literally everywhere yeah. to see them himself out of pocket and home but moving swiftly on um and we've we've come to the conclusion before that most of the chat is around neon handshake i'm right in thinking that is both your favorite records record of their discography yeah 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 it was a it was a massive record for me yeah definitely let's uh let's take a minute to uh talk about what um, we were promised Jetpacks are up to. So by the time you've heard this, you would have heard the new single, Not Me Anymore. It came out on August 11th. It's uh, it's continuation. It's wonderful. You enjoy it. I enjoy it. We all enjoy it. It is taken from a new record that is out on the 10th of September. That is called Enjoy the View. We are rapidly running out of um, records on the BSM web store so if you want if you want some nice wax you know where to go you know where to pick it up we promise jetpacks are going to be on tour in 2022 they're going to north america they are going to be on tour in the uk and europe in 2021 don't know why i did it that way was thinking ahead maybe i want to go to america in 2022 maybe i want to go to one of these shows he's just rambling at this point anyway the main important takeaway from this is that if you haven't listened to any of the new singles those singles being uh, fat chance that came out uh, earlier this year and if it happens that also came out earlier this year and then the new single that you would have heard by now not me anymore they're out on dsps and they are from the album enjoy the view that is out september the 10th there'll be more press on the internet so go and go and enjoy it let's let's go back to alice for heroes for now I think it was it, from from reading into it and talking to Kev about it previously. It was a massive record, not just for the scene, as we mentioned before, like hitting in the charts, becoming the UK's equivalent of the the, the big rock anthem that came mainstream. Um, Sean, let's start with you. Like, what was your uh, initial reactions listening to that record, and what what is what, what do you take away from it? Again, I think I probably heard it. At Darren's, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember owning the record. I kind of remember you having it on CD, and uh, and listening to it upstairs, upstairs at your at your mum's, <laughs> blasting it on those speakers, and um, just kind of having that feeling of like, 
just a such a good progression as like yeah I really like this like uh, yeah as I said we're like 15 16 so we're you know we're young we're finding our feet uh, Darren was probably slightly more in the kind of skater crew so I think he was more dis- like discovering better music than I was mm. to be fair he's int- probably introduced me to a lot of music that I absolutely love now and um yeah, just that feeling of wow, this is this is massive and it's something different. Mm-hmm. And uh and then going and listening to it on my own and having like find it finding an album that I love from start to finish that's not like what's the story of Morning Glory? <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh I remember it being actually one of the first albums that I was listening to that my mum and dad were like, What is this you're listening to? Like, <laughs> like almost like slightly disappointed. You know, like, turn, like, what is that? Somebody screaming. Somebody screaming. In. Is, that, is that man possessed? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till you see him live. He's climbing on the ceiling and stuff. He is possessed. <laughs> I'm going to Preston. You can come with me if you want. <laughs> and it, well, it sounds like, Darren, you are, you are the friend of the group, and we all have that one friend who seems to know your music taste more everyone's music taste better than themselves it seems like you were that person so what was you pop yourself down to hmv woolworths woolworths was gone at that time yeah um... uh, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, well yeah Sh- sean was nice and saying s- skater crew i would say we were actually at the time we were called sweaties oh, um, okay. so like band hoodies I didn't quite go into the the back the really baggy jeans, but you know, chain the chain from the the back pocket to the wallet, you know, all that stuff. It's, back. Um, it's coming back, man. You can bring it. You can bring that style back with you. He says. Where <laughs> <is> <laughs> but yeah, I did. I used to. Um, there was a shop at the top of so there's a street on in Edinburgh called Coburn Street, which mm. is where the kind of the sweaties and the and the goths and all that used to hang around. And um, there was a a little independent record shop up there called avalanche which is still around today but it's i think they have their shop it's, it's they don't have the same shop as they used to have um but we used to used to go in there and they used to be playing whatever was new kind of rocky stuff that was out and um, you could go in and you could they had like the setup where you could go and like put things on and listen to the like they had the headphones and the wee setup you could go and listen to see what what's new before you bought it mm. So I discovered quite a lot of stuff there. Um, I'm trying to think what when what how else I used to hear music. MySpace. It, MySpace, yeah, I think it might have been. I was going to say, I think MySpace was quite big. The the good old days of social media when everyone was nice and <laughs> just listened to music, and there was like people doing coding and stuff like that and making their page really cool and unique and yeah now and so Hello Spirit was in your top five on myspace was was next to tom from myspace yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um i guess when when it came when it got its um when it goes reissue had um had the flame sort of not burnt out had it died down had you has it is this an album that's just been continuously in your repertoire of what you listen to when you when both of you are just sort of hanging out or when when you're driving is this song is this record that you continuously have gone back to or did it sort of drop out a little bit and then you came back into it and you were like okay yeah what have i been doing for years not listening to this yeah it's it's never it's never dropped out for me Uh, i love it i still listen to it all the time there's like there's a couple albums 
think that from that era, maybe the other one that I'm thinking of is a bit later, which is Thrice, the artist in the ambulance. Right, like, right. Those two are like on 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 uh, rotation yeah. for me a lot. Yeah, I've, I've never really never really sort of put the, put down the neon handshake. I still think it. I think it sounds like it's well, almost twenty years old. I don't think it sounds like that at all. Yeah, it sounds very, re- very relevant today. I feel. I was going to say both those albums have very, very good drummers attached to them, and the, yeah. I seem to always gravitate to the sound of a snare drum, be it a good one or a bad one. And both, yeah, of them great snare drum sounds. I've got them. I know. Are you? You're, you're a drummer, aren't you, Colin? I, well, use, I used to play drums. Let's not call. Let's not actually categorize me as a musician. But, <laughs> but yeah, the if it's a good if a song has a decent beat behind it, it's going to get stuck in my mind before any other part of the song comes in. Yeah, that's something that going back and like having a deep listen. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the, the last few days I've been, well, the, la- the last week or so since we've been speaking about doing this, been having like a really good listen. And uh, so Darren and I uh, both work also part-time as Sainsbury's delivery drivers, which is key workers. brilliant. Keeping the yeah, we're key workers. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I've been uh, absolutely blasting that in the van. I-, I saw people laughing at me the other day. I thought they were maybe trying to film me like... Look at this guy trying to drum along on the. Have <laughs> you seen that before on stage somewhere? <laughs> or just delivering my groceries and listening to screaming men? <laughs> I mean, what better place to. Um, I know a lot of musicians now are uh, doing that, drive, or like tour managers and drivers and stuff. And like, it doesn't seem to be that bad of a job considering you get to do what you do normally sitting in a van and listen to music all day and get paid. Yeah, it's 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 um it's just like going on tour, really. But you yeah. don't get a gig. You don't get a gig at the end of it. You yeah. you spend all you spend all day in the van. Uh, you try and get ahead of time so you've got time for a nice coffee. Uh, <laughs> still, <laughs> you, you tra- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the, you're still delivering hummus to someone. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, final question because we we gush all day about about this band, but we're you know you've got millions of other things to be doing including delivering hummus and press i'm sure um what is it individually well darren we'll go with you first um that inspires you what inspiration have you taken from this record moving forward into your musical career um i think like what you were saying about the drums obviously like being you'll know this if being like not being a drummer but be, you know you'll know it from being a drummer is like the first thing you hear, like you said, is like is the beat, and you gravitate towards that instantly. Sometimes, even when you when like you listen through a whole album, I've not really taken in the album; I've just taken in the drums mm. and the the drums on the Neon Handshake. I think at the time that I was kind of, that came out at the time that I was sort of shaping myself as a drummer, mm. like working out what I liked, and then. Um, I'm not like the, my style of drumming is not like I'm not one. I'm not very technical in doing all these fancy things. I'm more like straight beats, a oh. nice big fill, go for it. That's kind of that's kind of my style, and I think that's the, that's the style that um, is like throughout the Neon Handshake. So I think that that, along with like I said, thrice that those kinds of drummers 
or those albums really like shaped the way I play drums now. Mm. And I still go like I've got I just recently bought an electric drum kit. Um because it's harder to get, you know, with all the lockdown, we're writing remotely, things like that. So um, I went and got one of them and just like went home recently. It's sitting in my mum's attic at the minute. I don't have any space in my flat, but I went home and played it. And I was just... And back, it's all in, these... back in the room where, it all, where we first listened to the album. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where We Were Promised Jetpacks was born. Um, but I went and I just like, I was like, I want to play along to some songs. And it was like these... These are the songs that I put on. It's not like new. It's not newer songs. It wasn't even our songs. It was like I want to play. I want to play Hell's for Heroes. I want to, you know, I want to play all these kinds of songs that that sort of shaped how I play drums. Mm. Which um, which gig did you um, which Hell's for Heroes gig did you imagine you were playing on stage with them at? Was it the sweaty box or was it the stadium? <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think they're so different. It's funny because like nowadays, if someone was to say to me, "You can go see Hellas for Heroes supporting Biffy Clyro," I'd be like, "Wow, unbelievable!" Or like supporting Papa Roach, you know. Back, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I think the the Studio Twenty Four gig was really good. I think the Liquid Room gig was. I remember like Sean was saying he remembers um, Justin, the singer. He he remembers him climbing on things. I remember him really vividly doing it in the liquid room because there's a balcony that goes around the top. I remember him jumping up there and jumping off and crowd surfing. And he's like a really small guy that if I remember correctly. And I just remember this, this guy just being thrown around in the room while, <laughs> while everyone, while the band are still playing. And it was just like, yeah, I want, I want this. I want a part of this. <laughs> I mean, I've got a beautiful mental image in my head of you playing the electric drums in your mum's attic and all you're doing is seeing yourself from the stage watching that in front of you it's a beautiful image Sean what about yeah. you same, same question I, I, uh, well I'd quite like to go back to the drums for a wee second actually I can, <laughs> I, can, I, can he, I can hear some similarities in your not to be too complimentary to, towards you Darren but um, yeah big uh, big snare fills big snare fills one, one of my favourite things that the drummer does and I noticed he does it a few times is and and you quite enjoy this as well is the, the big snare fill that goes into the that, that doesn't uh, stop on the downbeat you know it goes into the next bar and then the beat starts on the second beat of the, the next bar and it's like he, like chorus starts and then you fills still going and you're like yes yes that's absolutely fantastic the delay film. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Um, uh, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I, I mean, you've answered it perfectly without even knowing the question. It was what, um, what as, a, as a musician yourself, what have you taken as inspiration from Hellasphere as like moving into your musical career? Oh, there's a... You've taken it. Thank God I was listening to it. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I don't know. I, I love uh, they've got like loads of little like kind of post rock elements that kind of dip in and out of the album, and I love all of that stuff. Um, it's it's just it's just absolutely massive. The choruses are the choruses are bigger than a than I remembered. Mm. Uh, it's 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 relentless. Is what it is. That that's what I love about the album. Is like. The pace, the the pace isn't like um, it's not like 
super fast like mosh pit you know like everyone's battering each other it's more like everyone's in a group jumping together like yes here we go <laughs> it's the push city it's push mosh yeah yeah um yeah and it's but yeah as i say it's just absolutely relentless just just when you think it's like gonna gonna chill out a bit it doesn't and it hits you with another hit another hit and it's yeah i love it and long may it continue but for another 20 years um great i love i love that i love it's, it's always good when you're talking to people who you know, make music for a living um and how things have shaped them through different experiences even i've spoken to people and they've said that the band they're talking about has not influenced them they just love it and they just want to talk about it and that also internally has influenced them but anyway i'm rambling thank you very much lads for chatting to us i'm sure we could chat away forever about the heroes Uh, (laughs) new records out in 2021 there'll be more about that on the internet for now though thank you very much and uh, have a lovely day Thanks very much. That was good fun. Cheers. That'll about do it. There you go. That's another episode of Band on Band for you, for the listeners. And yeah, I just want to thank Sean and Darren for taking some time out of the day. Um, We all enjoy talking about Hell's Fear, let's be real, but thank you very much again for taking some time out of your day to talk to us. Um, Yeah, that's that. It's uh, usual sort of housekeeping. There isn't much to tell you, you know. Every, every month we have a couple of these thanks for listening, thanks for being involved, thanks to Oscar for editing and we're getting there you know, we are we are getting there, each day feels, feels good so yeah, just remember to keep being safe keep wearing a mask when you're around people, stay hydrated and, uh, and check in on your friends and then we'll be back again soon with another episode Bye.